What's up, people? To everybody listening on their favorite podcasting platform, welcome. To everybody watching YouTube, welcome. We appreciate you being here. (laughs) Let's get into the show. Welcome to episode 262. We've been doing this for a long time of Technical File, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. And it's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Ask Ketchum, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. Michelle, how y'all doing? I am the Air J. Only known as? The Air J. And I'm Camille Poingard of the crew, the real life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door, you know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. And uh, Kay Harris, the gentleman, the gentleman, happens to not be here this week. So make sure y'all send the good and positive vibes up to him. We're going to keep yeah. it rolling for show, for show. Should Sport we tell him to do something wild in his, uh, in his comments? You said what? <laughs> should, we, should we tell people to uh, do something wild in his comments, like saying eggplant emojis or something? Oh, he would have oh, been like, what? what up, Mark? <laughs> oh, what's up, Mark? Oh, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark ain't wasting no time giving us the news. We gonna, Straight facts. We're going to get into it. But if you think of anything, Eric, for the people to do in his comments, you, you just say the word. Okay. Tomatoes. Anyway. No, tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Put hella tomatoes in his comments. <laughs> tomato, tomato, <laughs> tomato, tomato. Mm-hmm. Right at him. Hey, we that's the, that's when we do the socials, we'll have, we'll have something for y'all to put in his, uh, put in his, in his comments. Shoot, I'm cool with the tomato, tomato, tomato. Okay. Sport fact of the week. What we got? Uh, we got two. Um, one comes from Tim Ken's three. Uh, the other is that on August 30th, 1997, the first WNBA championship was awarded to the uh, Houston Comets, who defeated the New York Liberty. Um, so shout out to the W. We're in the throes of the uh, WNBA playoffs right now, so it felt topical. But also, Tim found this, uh, this great stat that on August 29, 2001, Serena Williams won the U.S. Open. Albert Pujols hit a home run. Vlad- and Vlad- uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Craig BGO, and Dante Pichet all, t- all hit. Okay, August 29, 2001, Serena Williams won the- at the U.S. Open. Albert Pujols hit a home run. Vlad Guerrero Sr., Craig Biggio, Dante Bichette all recorded a hit. All right? August 29, mm-hmm. 2001. Yeah, all right, all right. August 29, 2022, Serena Williams won at the U.S. Open. Albert Pujols hit a home run. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio, and Bo Bichette all recorded a hit. So shout out, shout out to the legends for still... Hanging on. <laughs> um, and shout out to the multi-generational uh, father-son duos in the MLB. Dude, Albert Pujols, they said, hit eight home runs in August. Like, like he's up there with... Fountain of youth. Dude, since he came back to St. Louis. 
It's been since he came back to the Cardinals. Like he was over there in LA. He was, you know, Wasting away. He's kind of, you know, spin cycle. Fountain of youth. Right. He got back with his his old staff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's my last year, bro. Just let it slide. I'm on my way out. <laughs> but to that point, like who who goes through and finds like you know, like how did you? How do you even find that stat? Like some stats is just like you can just in like a a, a filter and you figure it out. But like this, you gotta be like, hmm, did this dad hit? And did this dad hit? And did this son hit? And did Pujols hit? What did Pujols do on this day? What are Serena? You know, what I mean? like it's just like <laughs> how do you fit the wild stuff? Know. But shout out to uh, Dan Clark Sports on Twitter, which is where uh, Tim got the set from. Mm-hmm. And actually, and yeah. he said shout out to at Robbie Fingers. For the Pujols Williams part of the stat, so there we go. That's a detailed stat. Everybody's yeah. putting their credits out there. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Citing your sources. Hey, we try to do novel concept. Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Stealing A. Smith. Stealing. Stephen A. Stealing. Give it to me, <laughs> boy. That's that, that's when he. Uh, <laughs> That he told on himself. It's like everything else could have been coincidental. When you took the give it to me, it's like, all right, he be listening. Like we we know where that one's from. We know uh, where that one's from. We be seeing them listens coming in from Bristol. Mm-hmm. New York. But, but um I did see the braids, Mark. That was pretty dope. We're gonna talk about Serena for show. Um our TGN show. So we have an exclusive show. We don't only do this show once a week, we do two shows. Every week, our second show is dubbed Ghost. Overtime. And you can catch Overtime exclusive on the Good News Radio Network. So you can download that app or head to the website and listen to the show there. Or you can check it out on our YouTube page. So if you're watching this video right now on YouTube, go and hit the video with a like. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you go and do that. Because uh, it's a lot of good stuff on our YouTube page. In addition to our Overtime show, you'll also be able to see clips from our weekly shows and if we do anything else, like we did a pizza taste test, which was like a year ago now, which is wild to think about. Yeah, that was uh, all out last year. Yeah, yeah. That chip yeah, done And that's on Saturday. Yeah. All, wait, so both shows are on Saturday? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hmm. That's a, okay. That makes things okay. okay. That's what I said. I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, make sure that y'all check out Overtime every Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And if you can't catch the show live, that is okay. You can catch the replay on the Good News Radio app, the Good News website, or our YouTube page. Speaking of the chip challenge, these cats at work just did this stuff Friday. Friday afternoon, they did the 2022 chip challenge. What is that? The same one that we want to take. The one chip, yeah, they have a new one. They update it every year. So uh, they took it, and apparently it was three of them. Two of them threw up. I was like, bro, this is not encouraging. They have instructions in the box that tells you the stages and what you're going to feel at each stage. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) So then he took the paper out. He was like, I pretty much hit every stage. It was like your body goes into shock. Why like would, you get chills? It was like it didn't know it's, in, it's just like a sensory overload. Why do y'all want to do this chip challenge? <laughs> oh, when I read that, I was like, man, they might got me fucked up on this one. 
I've been saying that for a year now. Like, I had to pull over on the way home. He's like, because they left work right away. I had to pull over on the way home on the freeway to throw up, and but it was worse because it was still all the hot shit coming back. <laughs> You're not making me want to do that. I said uh, the I same know. thing when I heard it. I was like, but I really, I, I might, I might, mm, I might bitch up on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, boy, I don't want to go through the seven stages of hell. Like, I'm Dante. Like, no, nah, bro, I don't want to do all of that. We can, uh, me, can me and Tim just have half a chip each? <laughs> why, why we got to have any of the chip? I'm just saying if we have to do it, fam, I'm not eating a whole one. I, I've been saying I, that. I think time. I've already accepted that y'all are not going to do it. So I was all gung-ho for it. I was the only nigga that was ready to go. He, he was your biggest cheerleader before, but. After talking to them on Friday, they were like, Tim, you want to do it? And I thought about it for a minute. I stood there. I was like, yeah, give me a chip. And they was like, oh, we ain't got another one. I was like, how the fuck am <laughs> So you work with some Tims? <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, all right, bro. So they was like, you sure you don't want to do it? I was like, how am I going to do it? They were like, we can find you another chip. No. No. I'm find you a chip. I'm they just pick up a chip from a bag of Doritos. <laughs> Poor hot sauce. Some of the seasoning. I'm I'm leaving, bro. I'm out. But they did, and they, they when I heard the stories, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to do that. All right, but yeah, make sure I check out overtime. Um, Whoops. <laughs> the game that needs a name. If you are unfamiliar with what the game that needs a name is, it's a rapid fire game where we pick a topic. And we each try to name something related to said topic until there is one person remaining. We only get about five seconds or so. No repeats. And nope. um, yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. So, Tim, did you do your homework this week? Any topics? Uh, MCU characters. Well, I okay. have people, like actors that have been in the MCU film. So that's kind of similar. Uh, Tim's is easier. <laughs> Tim's is way easier. You I don't know any names. That's <laughs> right. I'm like, oh yeah, She-Hulk. Uh, uh, sorry. All right. Uh, yeah, we can do characters that work for me. All right, MC Tim. Since you started or had the idea, you can go first, and Eric, then me, and we can bounce around that way. Fair enough. Uh, MCU characters. Let's go. Iron Man. <clears throat> Uh, Captain America. Black Panther. Thor. Doctor Strange. Shuri. Thanos. Black Widow. Killmonger. Red Skull. Uh, Erskine. Moon Knight. The Watcher. Uh, Ultron. Uh, Hulk. (laughs) Uh, Abomination. Ooh, I was close. She Hulk. Ah, goddamn you! Agatha. Vision. Vashon. No, I'm. Stash Star. Damn. <laughs> I'm out too. Wait, we giving her Vashon? <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 no. She was said she was out. We, uh, we said Vision. I got you. Oh, I win. Hey. <laughs> yes, Megan Thomas. Stallion does count. She's going to be on She-Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> Megan Stallion. Okay. Mm. I'm going uh, be tuned in for that one. I'm about to you see what happened when uh, the, she had a David Banner moment. When Somebody dropped their phone. Hell yeah. I was like, bro. 
<laughs> David, that's not, no, you couldn't have did that shit because then that would have been disgusting. <laughs> that have been disgusting. You know, I mean, what? it would have been worse you know, for her. Like, right. you don't know where that phone been. Right. And our, never mind. Never mind. We're going to go into details. Okay, well, we're going to. But that would be the only day I'd be jealous of a phone. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Before we get into the topics of the week, I do want to remind y'all something. Go on, get y'all tech file merch. The link is live on our link tree. Go ahead, support the the pod. Get your get your tech file merch. We got hoodies, we got bucket hats, we got shirts, we got socks, we got sweatpants, we got flip flops, shot glasses. Like we got it all. So go and Mark, get it. Go buy some merch, bro. <laughs> yeah, Mark, go ahead and get your merch, man. We see you in the chat. Go ahead and get your merch, man. Get your merch. And yeah, shout out to Gary Mitchell. Not tech file merch, but it is. Oh, tech. It was. Can you go to tech? Yeah. Oh, I thought you went to Riverside for some reason. Do not put that on me. <laughs> <laughs> Can somewhere going like, how dare you? <laughs> but no, yeah, no like, I definitely would have known Ken then, because like we were saying, great. That is true. That is very true. All right, y'all. So because it is Labor Day on Monday, and thank God for a long extended holiday, this is going to be ran as a holiday episode, meaning that instead of me running point. Uh, what we are going to do here instead is go in tech order. So Tim, Eric, myself, Ken's not here, so we'll go back to Tim and just keep picking topics to discuss um, throughout the show. So Tim, go ahead and lead us off. All right. So we got a couple of NFL topics. I'm going to start off with one of them. Uh, the NFL Top 100 came out, right? So top 10 is as follows. Travis Kelsey, Jalen Ramsey. Patrick Mahomes. Yes, 10 to 1. All right. 10 is Travis Kelsey. 9 is Jalen Ramsey. 8 is Patrick Mahomes. 7 is Devontae Adams. 6 is CJ Watt. 5 is Jonathan Taylor. 4 is Cooper Cup. 3 is Aaron Rodgers. 2 is Aaron Donald. And 1 is Tom Brady. Now, is there any arguments to be made as to why Tom should or should not be number one? I mean, it's a list that's voted on by the players mm-hmm. um, a lot of times this list tends to be like a year or two late um so if the players feel as if tom brady is still the best nfl player in the entire league so be it like these i used to get really worked up about these lists but now i'm just like dude fine if that's how you feel fine i really don't care that much although i do think it's weird that only two packers made the top 100 list like how is aaron jones not on here underrated uh devontae campbell i think yeah damn no kenny clark (laughs) no aaron jones no jair alexander no jair Jair was hurt like i get that He was hurt, hurt. but like, you know, sometimes they still be able to get to like the, you know, Mm. 90s. Oh, it's okay, because our whole defense will be on that bit next year. (laughs) (laughs) I will say shout out, I mean, like, Camille, I know what you'll say, but shout out, we got two Badgers in the top 10. Jonathan Taylor, TJ Watt. I do like Jonathan Taylor, though. Man, Jonathan Taylor is... He banks at my bank. And honestly, uh, putting Cooper Cup over JT feels wrong to me. Like, and that's nitpicking at this point. Like, yeah. I think Jonathan Taylor is probably the most complete running back in the NFL right now. I don't think Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver in the league. So, him being there. Tay? I'd rather have Tay. 
Like, there's not a route he can't run. Like, give me Devontae Adams over Cooper Cup any day. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> he ain't got Rogers, though, but we'll see who he gonna see. I really do think that uh, the young, some of the young wide receivers is making a name for themselves, and they gonna be up there next year too. I mean, this oh, year yeah. we know I have at the top of that list. Ooh. Yeah, to Mark's Mark- point, Cup did win the win the triple uh, crown last year. He did, um, and that's in large part because Stafford. Uh, was going to force feed his man, similar to how Rodgers force-fed Devontae Adams. But the reason that I'm still saying Adams over Cup is just what I see with my eyes. Like, I believe that De- Devontae is a better route runner. I believe Don, like, or not Devontae, Devontae is a better route runner. I think he has better hands. Like, I just think he's a better player, although Cooper Cup might have had a better year. To me, that's not the. This isn't the same list. Like we're not. To me, it's a list of who are the best players right now in this moment. Not which players had the best stats last year. What's the order there? So, because if that's the case, then Brady wouldn't be one. <laughs> like, Roderick right. would be. He wanted right. to be. Right. So like, nah, that ain't that ain't it. But even seeing Aaron Rodgers at three had me kind of like, hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, like he wanted to be, but it's like I didn't know if. How people would would perceive his performance? What was he the year before? Was he top for he players? Top 10? Uh, uh, wasn't he MVP that year too? Yeah, it, the, but I was like, <laughs> I don't know if he was top five last year. He could have been, but I don't know if he was. But uh, he was. Not, he was three last year too. Oh, okay. Is it the same top three? No, it looks like. Let's see. The top three last year was Aaron Rodgers at three, Aaron Donald at two, and then Patrick Mahomes at one. Ah, okay. mm. I remember Donald and Rodgers back to back. And Derrick Henry was four last year. I think he's 11, this, 11 or 12 this year. Yeah. And he got hurt. Yeah. He, it's going to be interesting seeing what happens over there in Tennessee because they got a, they, they kind of, they offense got tinkered with a little bit. So it's it's gonna be definitely interesting to see what Tennessee got cooking, but I like Malik Wills over there. Haven't they? They've lost like their last couple offensive coordinators. Like they had Lafleur, obviously, and then they had whoever coaches in Atlanta. I know he came from the Titans. I feel like you know, like it's kind of like the Spurs, where it's like over time, like that brain drain kind of like you know, it takes a takes effect. Where it's like you keep you're so successful that you keep losing coaches. But then mm-hmm. because you lose those talented coaches, like the coach staff isn't as strong, even if the players are, you know, maybe getting better or at least like where they were. So I feel like that's part of it. But like to your point, I have seen people be really excited about Wills. Um, actually, to, to your point about the coaching and the brain drain and getting new, and the coaches going to new teams, like I think that's one thing that's probably discounted with the Devontae Adams thing and with the Raiders. Like he's going over there with Josh McDaniels, too. Who is like Another still creative. considered, uh, yeah, like a creative office of genius in the NFL? Mm-hmm. So it's like maybe it, the throws may not be the same, but maybe the yardage might <laughs> because he may cook some shit up over there, boy. Like, I mean, it's his, orchestrating. right? It's his college quarterback too, so like the same level of like that's my guy. I'm gonna get him the ball is probably mm-hmm. there. Like he doesn't have to work up like the trust with the new quarterback. Or whatever, like they already have a rapport. They already, he already is like, yo, <laughs> I'm coming your way. Just catch this shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and from what I've heard out of Raiders camp, Tay's hands are 
as sure as they've ever been. And they are making connections all over the field and they're kind of downplaying it. Like, well, you know, we still got time and, you know, we're, we're still working some things out. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he gonna be a menace this year. He probably get 15. I, I mean, he get 15. they in a tough division. Uh, he got some weapons with him though. Like he ain't alone. Red I didn't say he was. I just said it's a tough division. Mm-hmm. Like you going up against the Chargers and the Chiefs and the Broncos. So like, no, that Chargers defense is wild too, bro. Like the Chargers team as a whole. I don't think they. I I heard people talking about, it, but I don't know if they getting talked about like that. Like the Chargers squad is. Nice. Hey, you, know, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm, I'm not cutting you off for for no reason, Tim. I'm gonna just tell y'all this. On Thursday, we for overtime, the show I mentioned earlier, we'll be doing our NFL preview show. So if this is the kind of content that you are interested in, hearing us talk about the different teams, toughest divisions, who we have winning each division, losing divisions, who the wild cards are gonna be, you know, Super Bowl predictions, all that good stuff. Y'all need to tune in on Thursday and hear our NFL preview show. It's sure. called a tease, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I was literally about to say the same thing verbatim. Like Tim was about to get going. I know Tim. He's about to start. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I saw. We right here, fam. Like <laughs> I seen it. Uh, uh, any other thoughts on that list, or is it Eric's turn to pick something? Um, no, I'm actually good. I'm happy for uh, to see Jalen Ramsey mm-hmm. up there still. It's gonna be nice. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a fun season. So we we mentioned the AFC West. Um, I just wanted to point out the Raiders' um, first round picks from 2019 to 2021. Uh, 2019, they picked uh, de- defensive end Cleveland Farrell, running back Josh Jacobs, and safety Jonathan Abram. All three had their fifth year options to come. 2020, they picked Henry Ruggs the third and Damon Arnett. Both were way following off-field incidents in 2001. I mean, 2021, they picked Alex Leatherwood, who they waived after one season. So, shout out to Mike Mayock and John Gruden, <laughs> and they're drafting because, goddamn, uh, like they're the new Knicks. Because like for 20 since Charlie Ward in '93, the Knicks haven't signed a first-round pick to a second contract. That's Until yesterday. <laughs> that, that is some wild stuff, bro. Yeah. Now, I say until yesterday because they signed uh, R.J. Barrett to a four-year, $120 million contract extension. Mm-hmm. Which complicates that uh, Donovan Mitchell trade a little bit. Which I don't appreciate that from Walsh. <laughs> like, you know the power of your... You know the power of how you phrase things. And for him to, like tack that on to the announcement of the contract extension like that just completely kills rj barry shine for that moment it's like it can be in a follow-up tweet but like to put it in the original like news breaking tweet like that just makes it more about the donovan mitchell trade than it does rj barry and you don't do that for anybody else that's fair but no, congratulations to rj barry <laughs> first and foremost mm. yeah i mean but like, you now they have big money locked into a uh, Jalen Brunson and why am I blanking on that? Randall. Julius Randall. Julius Randall. And RJ Barrett Core. <clears throat> Yum. Good luck. You better you better be <laughs> put all them picks in to get done because uh <laughs> that sounds like a playing team at best to me. 
I mean, to be fair, RJ Barrett's gotten better each year, and his yeah. points per game is going up. Each Still year. playing in team. <clears throat> I'm just saying, like his development is not points. like it's been stagnant. His points per game have gone up, but like the efficiency hasn't. He hasn't really become a better shooter. Like I think still has room to grow, and he's like 21, 22 maybe. Um, so it's, he's not a finished product by any means. But like I don't, I don't know that. Obviously, he was picked behind Zion and Ja. So, like even with all Zion's issues, like I don't feel like he's on that same trajectory as those two. Mm. Um, so I don't know if he's like a cornerstone like this is who we're gonna build our franchise around but he's a good piece to have going forward and i think the next could the next good knicks team will have rj barrett be a big part wait what hmm. uh Giannis did not put up 62 in the euros that's a fake tweet <laughs> oh lord <laughs> fake tweet he did that was he had 26 in the game that people are saying he had 62 in what oh they just flipped the numbers they just flipped it it got me for a second too he didn't put up 62. Sorry, I did that completely derailed me. I'm like, <laughs> Eric's oh, eyes popped out. Title, title. <laughs> like, he did drop 40 in the Euro game, which I think was yeah. like a record. So it was his record. Uh, was, that was the game against uh, Jokic. Jokic mm-hmm. put up that ooh that three that he put on him. I was like, oh, okay. it was a good game. I watched that game from the beginning. That was a good game. And in case anybody is interested, Euro basket starts on Thursday. I believe, and all of those games, if I remember correctly, will be on the ESPN app. Yeah. So it's going to be some fun because you're going to be able to see players like Giannis and Luca and uh, Rudy Gobert, Jokic, then Schroeder. Schroeder, like it's it's some NBA players over. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize that this year was the uh, World Cup too. I was like, oh, okay, we got the soccer, yeah. Yeah. I was like, because I was looking, I was like, oh, get away, bro. Hey, I'm just thinking about the world tournaments that's kind of taking place. I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh, Mark, I think Luca's injury wasn't serious. No, he came back in that same game. He was getting bust by Dennis Schroeder in that game, I believe, if I remember correctly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe not him directly, but his team was. Oh, yeah, they got torched by Schroeder. That's what I thought. Getting that ass. He like I'm trying, I'm playing for a contract, man. I'm like uh right. we we doing this all over again, huh? What was that? Two years all over again? Two years hey, ago? He's looking for a job right now. He still and ain't signed. He was trying to get the Lakers and they traded for a point guard, so he can get over there for the well not for the free, but he can still get there if he wants to. He don't want to. He's trying to play basketball at the same time. But he, um, but uh, yeah, RJ, congratulations. I did want to at least like focus on that for a minute before we get into like what that means for Donovan Mitchell. Honestly, from all the reporting that has gone on this summer, I don't think that it really changes much of anything. Um, it's like Utah apparently wasn't interested in RJ because they would have had to pay him right away, which rebuild. They don't want to like have a max or near max player on their books off top. Um, and yeah, like Utah really only wants draft picks, so and that's apparently what they're arguing about. Like I think so I said that four unprotected first plus a couple of uh protected first and then next are holding firm that two unprotected and we can supplement with 
picks that are protected. So Did you see I think I still think that eventually it's gonna happen because he did. They have the they they have the best offer to offer, and I feel like they don't have to put in everything to beat every other team's best offer. Do you and think Danny it gets done like, before training camp? Danny Ainge is stubborn, so probably not. Like if he's not getting the deal that he wants, but I think eventually they'll close the gap. There'll be three unprotected first. And, and what do you think? Be, you said plus a couple, so what, like two or three? Two or three more? I first? mean, again, like Gobert kind of, you know, wrecked the market. So he did what, six first? If you count so the player three, that he got this year, yeah. If you count what's his, Walker Kessler? Kessler Walker? Walker Kessler? Walker Kessler. His name can go, like, for some reason, both ways sound right. Yeah. He got two first. Who got two last names? Technically. Two last mm-hmm. names. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that even still, like, it's the unprotected first that they're haggling over because the Knicks are like, hey, if we stink, like, we don't want to be like the Lakers, <laughs> essentially. It don't hit the same when, when Ken ain't here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it just goes into a void. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, you know, I don't have anybody like, hey, well, ain't that a bitch? Um, I've lost my whole train of thought. Oh, yeah, like, so it's, it's the unprotected first that they're haggling over. I think that they'll still get a couple of extra protected ones. Let me ask this because Tim kind of balked uh, when you were naming what Utah is looking for in a Donovan Mitchell return. Tim, if you were the GM of the Knicks, would you pull that trigger to get Donovan Mitchell? He's thinking, folks, ladies and gentlemen. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that actual wheels. The anguish. Three firsts? Unprotected is cool. I can do that. They probably I can give you like two pick swaps, right? <laughs> I'm not giving you the damn pick with the, with the switch, but <laughs> and I give you two protected. That's a lot of picks. So you That's would seven. do? That's seven. That's just one more than Gobert. But I'm keeping technically two of them. I'm not giving you. <laughs> it's a swap. Right, I understand your logic here. So I'm giving you five, but you can take the lesser of my R2 if that's the case. And you'd be happy with that because if I'm giving you flat out seven, which is just one more than what Gobert was worth because people value Donovan Mitchell or say that he's worth more than Gobert. Uh, still, oof, that's a lot of picks. But I can I can rationalize if it swaps. If it's just flat out protected and unprotected picks, that's a lot, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't know, yeah. But like, like to that point, like I think it's crazy where people talk about Donovan Mitchell now, as opposed to like literally three hundred days ago. Like if we were in this conversation, then they'd be like, "Hell yeah!" You know, whatever picks you got to throw in, like it's Donovan Mitchell. That's the all star. That's the best player that the Knicks have had easily since Carmelo. <laughs> like it's not a no brainer. But I feel like people are so soured on Donovan Mitchell, which, I mean, like, he didn't have a great year, but it's still, like, you've seen the talent, you see what he can do. Um, he needs to start giving a damn on defense, but and I think he's still, like, a good, borderline great player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've, you've been high on Mitchell. I remember your uh, preseason prediction last year, one of them was that Mitchell was going to have, like, a super crazy, crazy year. Um, 
So I, I, I get it. So if you were the GM of the Knicks, you you make this trade. I mean, like within reason. Like I'm not going to sell my whole future for it. But like people are talking about, like, why are the Knicks even trying to get Donovan Mitchell? Like, what is what does that do for you? You know, like it's like prestige. <laughs> I mean, he's a good good basketball player that was the best player on the one seat last year. Like that won sixty games. Like it's not. He don't he's not trash. He, he's not even like a middling like. And he's still like 26, something like that. Like he's entering his prime. Like it's just, it's wild to me, like what the discourse is around him currently. Hmm. That's fair. Uh, speaking of eight, this is off the cuff, but I did not realize that Jason Tatum was only 24 years old. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> For some reason in my head, he was about 20, 26, 27, but. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, I think you know, he's just been getting the shit off like since he came in the league, so it just feel like mm-hmm. he's been around forever. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell turns uh, twenty six on the seventh, so next week. Yeah, yeah since this we're is yeah, since we're talking about NBA, I'm gonna stay there and just mention the fact that the Los Angeles Lakers traded THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, and they traded Stanley Johnson to the Utah Jazz for. Pat Bev. Patrick Beverly is now a member of the Los Angeles Lakers with his new teammate, Russell Westbrook, who he's had beef with for almost 10 years now. But apparently, Beverly was very eager to join the Lakers. Even when he was doing his big ESPN media tour, he mentioned the fact, if you put me on the Lakers, we a playoff team. And apparently, he's thrilled to be heading to L.A., and I mean that's not saying much, right? Like <laughs> it's like you got like, LeBron James and Davis on the team. You're supposed to be a playoff team. Like you're not making a difference there. Hey, like if they're healthy, they're a playoff team. Years. Huh? I don't know. I, feel like, once. I was saying I feel like he does make a difference. Like Patrick Beverly gets sh- shat on every now and then, like mainly offensively because he's not considered an offensive player. <laughs> Uh, and then you got the Russell Westbrook quote that he just running around and doing a whole bunch of nothing, but he actually <laughs> his stats show that he actually is doing a whole bunch of something because he, he, he locking cats up the lowest field goal percentage. Uh, I think it was behind Giannis uh, when him he, when he's contesting the shot. Like shit's kind of wild. Like when you think about it, like, he's always there. <laughs> and so people most of the time don't consider him, you know, anything more than just a defensive. Either if you believe what Russ said, a, a defensive uh, yapper or somebody who actually is a defensive player, but on Scrappy offensive dude. end, right? But on the offensive end, he can still give you like twelve to thirteen with like four assists and like four because he actually rebound like four rebounds too. So it's not like you get nothing from that position on offense. No, like to clarify, I'm not saying like he's not a dif- difference maker. I'm saying like he's not what makes them a playoff team. Like they should be a playoff team. The fact that they weren't last year is kind of an indictment on everything else. But like it, one is mainly that AD and Giannis, I mean, AD, and Giannis AD and LeBron weren't healthy <laughs> for most of the season. Like that's why they weren't a playoff team. That's my only point. Yes, and- Pat Beverly like will improve this team. Like um, I see uh, Darvin Ham really is. The Bucks over there, like that's the George Hill, Eric Bledsoe role. Hmm. Yeah, um, I ain't gonna give him Drew. <laughs> no, don't give him Drew. He ain't that. He ain't that. But 
what I will say, like I saw, I wish Kim was here. I did see him tweet that he's not a fan of this move. He personally does not like Patrick Beverly. Uh, I saw on Twitter he had a tweet that just said Pat Bev is a B A N, and that's that's all his tweet said. If you know what those letters stand for, then you know what they stand for. If you don't, how do we get here? I'm just telling you what Ken said. I'm telling you what our Lakers fan said. He was not happy about the trade. Mark has a comment right now just saying how long until Pat and Russ scrap. That's the question I had. But reports are saying apparently the two of them have squashed their beef. But we'll see how long that's actually squashed because another rumor coming out of all this is that this Patrick Beverly trade is indicative of Russell Westbrook not being with the team much longer. Then there's other rumors talking about this isn't the last move the Lakers are going to make this offseason. It's kind of like the first move that we plan that they plan to make. So we'll see how it goes. But just in a vacuum, looking at this one move in itself without anything else happening, I don't see up like starting wise. Like, are you starting Pat Bev? Are you starting Russ? Are you starting both of them? Like, I'm, I'm curious to what that looks like there, but. I do think that Pat Bev brings something to this team that they need, which is a defensive point guard. And at this point, Pat Bev is aging, so he is clearly not the defender that he was before, but he's still already the best perimeter defender on this team next to uh, oh, who was the new Caruso they got? I can't think of his name right now. Oh, um, AR. Austin Reeves? Is it Austin Reeves? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new white kid? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, they need Pat Bev because they were getting cooked at the point of attack. Um, so he'll definitely cool. be better there. But to Eric's point, what really makes this team go is actually like LeBron's going to be LeBron. You already know what you're going to get from there. He can take a team to the playoffs by himself. But what they need is Anthony Davis to, to play like the all-star quote-unquote top 75 nba player that he apparently is a legend all shade meant in that statement mm. but we'll see tim back on you i'm a uh, let's do Dallas Cowboys left tackle Tyron Smith suffered a left a torn left hamstring in Wednesday's practice. In, last week Wednesday's practice in out indefinitely. Now the thing with this is um this continues a string of injuries in recent years. Smith has not played a full season since 2015 as he's dealt with knee, ankle, neck, and elbow injuries. He missed 14 games in 2020 because of a neck surgery, and he missed six games last season due to an ankle injury and a stint on the COVID list. He is the longest senior cowboy and turns 32 in December. But He's also been the anchor of that left side of that line as the left tackle for years and years and years. You had, I forgot that Darren McFadden was running behind this man. Like, <laughs> you got a thousand. Like, he, he didn't have, he didn't, he didn't help produce a bunch of thousands and he protected the blind side for a while. So, mm-hmm. them losing him is no misstep. But they did just draft the first round left tackle this year as well, who was, I guess, in essence, they was looking at him to be a successor, anyways. Um, but I guess you have to throw a rookie out there right away. But this is still going to be like a big blow for them because us being Packer fans kind of know what it's like to lose a major side of or one of your major linemen and then have to mm-hmm. kind of do the offensive lineman shuffle. And thankfully, the Packers seem to have found the, the, the key to producing the offensive lineman needed for this organization. <laughs> and we'd be popping out linemen like popcorn, but... <laughs> Uh, not all organizations are really good at that. So for you to have to have lost a 
key piece like Smith to plug in your rookie. He may have sense initially, but then they all have usually hit a rookie wall, which then causes issue if it's your blind side blocker. Mm-hmm. I, I get where you're coming from, but also like you have to think about like the coaching staff that they do have. Like it's Joe Philbin, offensive line coach. You have Mark McCarthy, like they're the ones that basically set up that infrastructure in Green Bay. So <laughs> if anybody can kind of <laughs> I mean Bakhtiari was a rookie left tackle that they just threw out there because No, like, I mean I I hear you, but Joe Joe Philbin ain't giving advice to like he might be like, oh, I think these are highly ranked, mm-hmm. you know, linemen. But, like, the front office is really the one pulling that trigger. Mike McCarthy probably has a lot more say than someone like Joe Philbin does. But, well, um, I mean, I was just saying, like, their ability to kind of coach them up to be able to scheme around. Um, maybe we need to shift a little bit more attention to this weak link on the line. Like, they, they've shown a propensity to have strong offensive linemen. They get the out of their, their players. You know what I mean? I like, just, even – with Philbin's issues in Miami, like the offensive line wasn't necessarily like the biggest part of that. I hear you. You only coach up what you have in your room. Right. So hopefully uh, the Dallas scouting team has done a good job. Uh, to some point, that is something that the Packers tend to do very well to a point of frustration for some fans because they feel like we drive too many offensive linemen. Uh, but it's, it, it works out for the Packers. Like they invest in that position and it, it pays the dividends for it. But that's a big blow for the Cowboys. They We're going to talk about it on overtime, but I really don't know how I feel about this team. I think they're going to take a step back this upcoming season because they were they were pretty good last year, but we, we'll definitely talk about it. I see that they only had one quarterback on the roster right now. <laughs> Do they really? Who? I, I, I thought I saw a tweet that said the Cowboys cut everybody back. They cut Danucci. I think they did cut Danucci. Hold on, Cowboys run. Look it up, y'all be done. Tim, you uh, for the injuries, you're supposed to read all of them. Did I, oh, it wasn't. It was more. Oh, you just want to talk about Cowboys. No, I wasn't. I wasn't trying. You know, I wasn't trying to use that man's injury as. Yeah, they really cut Rush and uh, uh Greer, making Dak the only quarterback on. Interesting. So I'm curious who they go, who they're gonna pick up. That's interesting. Somebody. <laughs> they gonna, I don't think you can go into the season one quarterback. Right. Um, or they gonna just keep it uh keep it open until they unless they need to. I wonder if they practice squad until they need them. But, but I mean, like they need somebody to line up like as a quarterback and ca- a backup in case he get hurt. Like you need practice squad quarterback. quarterback I mean, you but you activate them in the middle of the game. Right. They get three call ups for practice squad. So maybe they. I don't know how they plan to do this. They're definitely gonna have to get a backup quarterback. Maybe they're looking at who else got cut around the league. I don't know. Maybe they want Danny Etling or something. I don't know. But they can't just go into the season with no one quarterback. They can't. They can't. Wait, tell me. Uh, So you can call up people from the practice squad for like a game and then send them back down? I believe you get three. I'm sure. Mark, I know you in the comments now. Let me know the practice squad rules, but I'm pretty sure because this year they sent the practice squad uh, to 16 guys that you can have on your practice squad now. Mm-hmm. Um, six of those guys on the practice squad do not need to have any particular experience, so they can have they can have played for 10 years or one year. They well, can, they can play like us. And then, yep. Practice. So yeah, you get three games. Mark just confirmed three games. Practice squad players get called back and forth. After the third game, you have to either choose to call them up officially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
song. Hmm. No, no for this year? Because I've never heard that before. It might be updated. They might have updated it with the extended um, oh, roster size for the practice squad. But Interesting. Continue um, on with the injury news, sir. New York Giants wide receiver Colin Johnson tore his Achilles, the team said. Uh, according to Achilles. reports, yeah, his Achilles. Johnson had impressed and looked primed for a serious points. I don't know what the hell going on with the Giants wide receiver uh, room. They talking about Darius Slayton and, and uh, trade talks. Kenny Galladay, they said it's trash right now. Kadarius, he wasn't even a lot connected roster. <laughs> only because his contract, because if they trade him, they get a $31 million cap hit and dead money. He ain't going nowhere. <laughs> He's just going to be there. Like, yeah, they talking about rookies is trying to, starting to look better than my boy. Like, like he ain't in nothing in two years. Like, that's wild. <laughs> Yeah, he ain't got no touchdowns last year. You being Kenny Galladay. I thought he was going to be doing good over there in uh, with the Giants because they had the um, the Slayton and they had the other cat, but both of them stayed getting hurt. Yeah, I don't. Uh, uh, NFC East is going to be. Nope. It's going to be some. No, it's Phillies. NFC East is Phillies. Yeah, it's gonna be something. They traded for uh, what's the name? McPunchy. McPunchy? Who was McPunchy? Yeah, uh, Johnson from the Saints, the the corner that was uh, oh, that snatched the old boy off guard and then got into it with the Bears wide receiver. <laughs> McPunchy. You just be making up big <laughs> But now, now he's on the uh the Eagles, and now they they got a nice secondary. They got. Uh, they got a nice secondary. They also like, bro, they released because I, I only saw like we got uh, like server. We have like Twitter alert set up for like Schefter and mm-hmm. Rappaport. So I just saw like names coming across and be like, oh, they. I saw the Eagles release their starting set safety, but then they traded for this kid. So yeah, he did. I don't know. I don't know if that means anything, but yeah, they. I don't know. They but they now all of a sudden they got a, they have a good second. They have a really good secondary. Their defense is gonna be crazy. Chauncey Gardner Johnson is his name. Bob. There you go. He is a truly okay. he's truly a Mick Punchy. Mick Punchy. Mick Punchy. He's truly a starting caliber corner though. But uh yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be wild. Okay. And just keep this NFC East news going because <laughs> you don't get it. Oh shit! Come <laughs> on, bro. <laughs> I forgot this is part of injury news. Um, Washington running back Brian Robinson was shot in an attempted carjacking. So injuries are considered non-life threatening, and it's possible that he returns this season. Yeah, so, so he got one, out, of the, out of the hospital there yesterday. So thankfully, you know he's he's feeling better, and or he's getting better, and he's still here, stuff like that. It was interesting because the same time that this happened, I think it happened like an hour before my fantasy draft. So as we drafted, somebody drafted Antonio Gibson. I'm like, why would I was like, he must be a kick return? Why would you draft Antonio Gibson? And he looked, he was like, why would I? I was like, why would you, why would you draft Antonio Gibson? He was like, why wouldn't I? And I was like, oh yeah, I was like, damn, that shit just happened. See, and that see? right is why, like, I felt <laughs> real saying. skeevy about yeah. like fantasy football. I was like, I don't even want to be having, like, I don't want to yeah. be like, oh man, this is an opportunity for me. This kid just got shot. Like, 
yeah, I was like, mm, I hear you. I mean, it, it makes sense. I was like, but damn, that that's like, yeah, that, that's kind of, it's kind of, it feels shitty. Yeah, it feels uh, <laughs> just a little gross. Feels a little gross. Because mm. I used to like pour over like injury reports, like, oh damn, this person might miss a week. Let me go pick up his backup. It's like that dude is scared for like his livelihood, and I'm just. Man. Fuck off of it. Man, oh boy. It's right. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. But <laughs> well, we do want to just say uh, best wishes to to him as For he sure. continues to heal because uh, attempted carjack or armed robbery apparently is what it was. So uh, glad that that young man was able to get out of there with his life. Um, I have a re- really bad segue that I'm not gonna make, so I'm gonna talk about injuries. Um, Oklahoma City Thunder rookie Chet Holmgren is expect will miss the 2022-23 season due to a Liz Frank injury um, that occurred during a crossover pro game last weekend in Seattle. Uh, the Thunder have already applied for a $4.9 million um, disabled player exception in the wake of his injury. Um, so I really sucks. Like I'm, I'm really starting to believe that the number two overall pick is cursed because if you go and look through like. It's like once every 10 years it hits and the rest of them are just like bust, injury, bust, injury. Like, it's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Um, the Chet Holmgren injury did ignite a conversation around if NBA players should be playing in pro-am games to begin with and that, you know, you should keep them, they shouldn't be allowed to, so on and so forth. And my rebuttal to that is... One, NBA players are going to play basketball. That's part of the job description over the summer. They are going to have to play basketball, whether they're playing in pro-am games, games that are ran by their trainers, uh, whatever runs. And actually, the NBA has been streaming a lot of these runs for these players or at least publicizing when they are running together in these, you know, summer leagues or summer games. Like they just posted Steph Curry running what I believe was Trey Young at some at some some runs. I don't know where they were. Um, it's unfortunate that Chet Holgram got injured during this game. And we all know that that game got shut down due to the conditions of the floor. It was not ready. It was an unnaturally humid day in Seattle that day. They had the doors closed. It was people on top of people with all their breath. And the court was sweating. Yeah, it was a black church in them, uh... But Chet Holgram's injury was not caused by the floor conditions. It was a fast break play where he was trying to get in front of LeBron James. It did not work out. Uh, and he, he happened to injure himself in the process. But I think that point about the floor is what ownership and front office and the league itself will be concerned about. It's like, yeah, you're going to run, but like, can we control these environments? Can we, you know, if it is like, we're going to like, first of all, I think the biggest thing is that despite like streaming the games, like they aren't really profiting off of this and like they're gonna be looking at it like hey if we can get people watching all this shit like we should be getting the cut of this that's neither here nor there but like i think that from a player health standpoint it will be like hey we need to make sure that we're putting these on in places that can accommodate these million the way they look at it these million dollar investments that we put into these players like we don't want them running in some rickety ass gym that you know like has condensation everywhere like we want right. to be able to control that environment uh, so if they are playing, like teams are scared about their, their players going play Eurobasket. So like they're definitely going to be concerned about pro-ams where any 
regular nigga off the street can just be, you know, lined up against LeBron James and how they go. You mean like it's I can see like from their perspective where it's like, hey, we need to maybe take a look at this. Like we can't just let it be the wild, wild west of summer summer runs. I think the point about floor conditions is is well set. Like I think that's definitely something that they will do. But I like people were saying like they don't, don't let them do it. I'm like they're gonna still play these crime games. But if you want to talk about the conditions that the uh, the gym has to be in for them to play, I think that's fair. And even Jamal uh, Crawford. I don't know why I blinked on his last name. I was gonna really call that man Jamal Crossover. Uh, <laughs> yeah, close enough. Crawford even said himself. He said, you know. Um, thinking about how it was ran like I know in the future now I should make different accommodations if we're planning to have this many people attending the games and even just thinking about who he was able to let in the gym and who we couldn't let in the gym he was like I gotta I gotta be better and do different things in the future if we're going to be running these situ- these types of games with this level of NBA talent so it seems like he agrees as well like we got to make sure it's safe and he's the one who called off saying like nah this game it's not right for them to play on this court. Like this court's too slippery. Like we got to call it. So um, there are some people who are mad at Jamal for all of this, and it's like he I, he tried his best in this time, was not prepared. Uh, sucks that Chet got hurt, but hopefully in future years the crossover can can bring uh, a lot of NBA talent to those games in a venue that's more suitable for a larger crowd. And like I also get the flip side of it. Like right. I want to say that. Also- yeah, I was gonna say I get the flip side of it too, where it's like those small gyms are probably in the neighborhoods where like they don't, mm-hmm. they might not ne- to do, uh, to Dejounte Murray's point, like that's some of the neighborhoods where people might not be able to afford to go to an NBA game. So like you got to put it somewhere where it's accessible to them. Yep. But it's like you know a certain NBA standard, maybe not you know. Staples Center, but at least like you know, a high end high school or college level. Yeah, and I agree. And I saw someone point out the fact a lot of reasons that NBA players enjoy playing in these pro games is because the environment is so different and it's more Mm -hmm. intimate than NBA games. Like they can play in the stadium at any time, but being able to play in these smaller gyms with the crowd on top of you a little bit, like they they enjoy that environment. It's a nice change of pace for them, but. Uh, so that is Chet. Um, speaking of teams being afraid of letting their players play in Eurobasket, Celtics forward Danilo Gallinari tore his left meniscus in a FIBA World Cup qualifying game on Saturday. Um, the Italian national team did not provide a timetable for Gallinari's um, recovery, but they said there's no ACL or major lig- major ligament damage in his knee. I don't know why I can't talk to that. Um, Orlando Magic guard Gary Harris also tore his meniscus, and there's no timetable for him either. Um, meniscus are tricky because, like, there are two different ways to treat it, so it depends on what, but uh, whether they want it removed or repaired. Like, repair is a longer term uh, recovery. Like, that's what James Wiseman had. Um, whereas, if it's removed, like, you can be back playing in like two months, but. Long term, like that's where it's wasn't that uh what D Wade had done with his knee too? Had his meniscus removed? Yep, he had it removed. Yep. Wow. Like meniscus, they the way they describe it is that it acts as a shock absorber for the knee. Mm-hmm. So once like your cartilage is gone, which rubs away obviously like the more you use it, 
like then you don't have that as a cushion and then it's just bone on bone and you're just done essentially i want to say brandon roy that was his issue too but i don't remember don't quote me on that i think so well yeah we can we can check uh let me keep it nba or not nba let me keep it basketball and talk about the WNBA playoffs we are in the semi-finals of the WNBA playoffs uh semi-finals are our best of five series and game one was on Sunday. I missed both games because I was at a work event on a farm. <laughs> what an experience that was, y'all, but it was fun. Um, you ain't and doing the nothing for team. the perspective, perception of Wisconsin talking about you going to work on a farm. That's they already did. That's all the state on a farm. <laughs> hey, the event was at a farm. That's all. <laughs> and they had a jazz quartet. It was, it was, a, it was classy. It was classy at the farm. Classy. Class A. Um, but no, the road team won both of those playoff games on Sunday in WNBA. So the Connecticut Sun defeated the Chicago Sky and the Seattle Storm defeated the Las Vegas Aces. Game two for both series are on Wednesday. The WNBA is showing, you know, both games same day. So we'll see if the home team can can even it back up. But in that Sky game, Candace Parker was hooping. They lost, but she was hooping. She had, she is the first WNBA player to compile at least 15 points, 15 rebounds, five blocks, and five assists in a playoff game. She had 19 points, 18 rebounds, six blocks, five assists, and four steals. She was one steal short of her second five by five game. Oh, of the second five by five game in league history. And the only other person to do that was herself in her rookie season back in 2008 because Candace Parker is ridiculous. Cold level. And when I say ridiculous, I mentioned the fact that she had 18 rebounds. I believe the Sky only had 36 rebounds as a team. She had like half of their rebound. Like she- wow. <laughs> what's, the old, what's the old boy that be, uh, the, he's 36. It's, uh, uh, like uh, DC Mark Mark something yeah uh, like that's Our definitely DC. how she was like somebody grab a fucking rebound I'm <laughs> like somebody help right I bet will they gonna need to help her they gonna need to help her because from what I was able to to read and see from the highlights the sun really just uglied up the game for the sky and the sun like we good with that you know my mm-hmm. girl Courtney Williams is over there. And I think she had like nine rebounds herself. She was about to scrap with a uh, Kalia Copper. Yeah, they was over that loose ball, and they both was like, "We, I'm not letting go. Mm-hmm. You let go. No, you let go." <laughs> That's like the pettiest action on the NBA uh, on a basketball court, and it happens so frequently because you just you you lack in competition. You don't want to give no type of nothing. Like, no, nah. it's mm-hmm. my ball. That's a fact. That's a fact. I just and looked then- it up. Parker actually is 36. <sighs> And also, shout out to Sue Bird. She's 36. 36. <laughs> After game one of the Storm Aces game, um, Sue Bird had 12 assists, which brought her playoff totals assists to two, I'm sorry, 342. So she is now the uh, leader for most playoff assists in WNBA history, passing uh, Lindsay Wayne. So again, and she also, game uh, two, Wednesday. Oh, yeah, because Sue Bird is ridiculous as well. Like it's 
Yeah, Mark Phillips is Supreme Dreams. Yeah, Mark Phillips is hilarious. RDC. It's a funny crew. It's a funny crew. They just released a skit about RPG games and when you're trying to get a drop, like you see a character or something that you want and you try to get... I'm not going to ruin it. Just watch it. If you play RPGs, it's very relatable content. It's very relatable content. But Tim, what are we talking about next? You like over there? Yeah, I'm good over here. I'm looking at my phone. All right, on Saturday, WWE will present a UK-based pay-per-view for the first time since SummerSlam 1992 at Clash at the Castle. Now, the thing about Clash at the Castle is... At first, it was like, okay, yeah, you know, they're having it over there in the UK for a minute, and, you know, it can be kind of like the, the, the Saudi events where, you know, they, they go in there, but they don't necessarily go all in on these events. Oh, Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like they, okay, well, we're going to put on Goldberg out there versus Undertaker, and that's huge because that's like, what they want to see. Like, no, it's, like, it's a super house right, show essentially. A, like, but it's not right, like continuity wise, like, nothing really happens. No storylines closed up or started or anything like that. So for them to actually, and I felt that that was going to happen when Triple H took over, is that he typically takes all pay per views seriously. Because it, I mean, I would think that's logical in my eyes. That, like, if it's supposed to be the culmination of this month's worth of show, make it freaking matter. Don't just give us some filler fucking pay per views just to take some ticket sales and shit like that. And you ain't closing up no storylines. This is the fifth time these motherfuckers done had the same match in three weeks. Like now, you have, for example, Riddle versus Seth Rollins. Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. I'm sorry, he got his name back. Mad oh. Riddle, yeah, he got a hey man, Austin Theory. <laughs> so now you have Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins, and their feud has been crazy. Yeah, Seth Rollins was getting a little personal. Hey, personal. He said, he said what he said, and, and Riddle, Matt Riddle said what he said. Like he wasn't. Neither one of them was wrong. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> Seth Rollins was wrong. Seth was wrong, but he, it was facts. <laughs> Apparently, like they. Like that was inspired by like uh, Daniel Cormier, John Jones back and forth that happened a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was well executed. I appreciate it. Yeah, they, they so it that just added a lot, especially that segment by itself. Kind of added a lot more. Okay, we need to see these motherfuckers fighting. Then he was fighting in the parking lot. Smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Like running up on some fan phone, had them in the parking lot fighting late, but they built this program since randy's left and everything like that like matt riddle and seth Rollins have really been building the crap out of this program the only question mark i have on the show honestly with the lineup so you have gunther versus uh freaking hold on pulling it up sheamus sheamus for the independent title okay cool it's gonna be a hard hitting match gunther is a good wrestler i think people still don't really understand like he's a he's a really big dude but he's a really good wrestler he puts on really good, solid matches. Sheamus has always been Sheamus. Sheamus is going to put on good matches. He is Sheamus even... still wearing the buggy cap? Yes, he is. Okay. I was hoping that would be gone, but okay. <laughs> and then you have... Okay, so my real question mark is the, the six-woman tag team match. I'm question not mark under... in what way? Because I'm not understanding why Bianca Belair has to team with Alexa, uh, Alexa Bliss and Asuka to take on Bailey and her crew when she's the champion she's she's been defending her title at most pay-per-views for the most part so 
I just think it's weird. Well, remember how they. But if you remember how they introduced Bailey's group, it was it was supposed to be Becky and Bianca. Mm-hmm. Like I'm assuming it was gonna be like the two on a two on three type of deal, just because of how overpowered like Bianca's team would have been at that point. But Bianca, Becky got hurt, so they had to pivot. Like that's the only reason I think that this is happening. Like they want to establish Bailey and them group. Yeah, which is why I would have thought they would let them win the tag titles last night, but. Sometimes you don't need a title to be established, though. Mm, you you know. can tell stories in many ways, you and they—they so new on the scene. Like, it makes sense to give them a little, a little time and kind of build it up a little bit more. And I think they're trying to build Raquel too. Mm-hmm. I think they're really trying to build Raquel. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. But anyways, the card—you got the um, women's championship match: Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. I am truly interested in it because I feel like they're transforming Shayna Baszler back into the killer she was in NXT. They've been hitting in it. Mm-hmm. The I'm gonna break your arms, your fingers, your whatever. Like just menace. Question: Have her and Rhonda squabbled yet? No, they're not because they they buddies, they friends. They're part of the uh, their force, their version four of the four horse women. Okay. So they actually like super cool, uh, and then, which is what I'm kind of alluding to because Rhonda rolled past her and was like, "Man, when I knew you, you used to be a killer." Like. You, this, you wasn't doing this. Meanwhile, Rhonda's standing there putting her money on uh putting her money in the middle of the ring. So it's just my finest stuff. But I just want to see Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan. Either Liv's gonna establish herself as a better champ or they're gonna give it back to Shayna and let Shayna run a rough shot. Are they I'm still fine. booing uh are they still booing whatever champ girl uh Liv? That's why she got mm-hmm. booed after SummerSlam. <sighs> she called she had to call people out about it, but it, it is what it is. Like People I mean, I'm just care. I'm curious, like, because it seemed like the car had turned on her, like they were really behind her until she won. They okay. came back, which you know, WWE crowds are fickle, but very, very. I was just curious, like, if that was like a one week thing or if that's actually been sustained. I mean, it's it's kind of hard. Like, I haven't heard, I haven't heard it like as as much as was that one week. No, but just yeah. like seeing the kind of reactions and stuff like that on the Twitter and all of that shit, like that, like people are okay on. They're okay. <laughs> like it was more so, man. I love her as a like a person, and you know her her fight for it and her dream for it. But she's okay, right? Like if she loses, I won't be mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> so she lost, her. right? <sighs> um, and then Is you this... have what's that? Go ahead. No, you, I I know you're still going through the card. Go ahead. No, this is the last match on the card. Of course, it is Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. Two hundred. Well, two years. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I, is this, is I heard. This one, that's what I say. I heard Ken. I heard Ken say that he thinks Roman's gonna lose. They billing it like Drew McIntyre is might win this. Like they really the way they've been building it. Really? Yes. Why? Because it's anti WWE. But again, it's a new regime right now. So if they do buck trends, this will be a time to do it. But generally speaking, like you get somebody at home. They normally lay down. Mm. So, but again, this is the first UK pay-per-view in 20, no, 30 years because 1992 was not 20 years ago. As much in my head, it feels <laughs> like it was 20 years ago. It was 30 years ago at this point. So they might they might look to do this title change now, especially since Drew McIntyre got his title opportunity up front in front of a virtual crowd mm. he never really got to be received when he won the championship yeah, he was so the if they did switch it 
when he's at home and he's the big face, like I I can get it. I would still be shocked though because it's like, it for Brazy. Both titles. Yes. Okay. This is for the undisputed yeah. championship. I mean, the thing is, like, we never know where these stories are going. It's like if they're building Roman to something, and it's like we just got to get there. And again, granted, like that would have been established under Vance. It seems like they're kind of going in a, du- a new direction. There is like a rock match at the end of the row. Honestly, a rock match wouldn't need the title. So like it would make nope. sense to get it off of Roman, especially if he's going to be part time for the most part going forward. Honestly, this probably is their best shot to get it off of him. That makes sense. And it establishes like to your point, like it gives him his signature win it establishes a new baby face the pop is gonna be crazy like if he win in the uk um although uk is different because like it's in wales and he's from scotland so it's like it's it's the same country but it ain't it's the same nation (laughs) but it ain't the same country (laughs) or you know like so it's still like yeah we root for him but it's kind of like if somebody was coming to Wisconsin, like if it was a soccer match and somebody was coming, you know, Wisconsin player and they were playing in Texas, they'd be like, I mean, he American, so cool, but like he ain't from <laughs> Texas. You know what I mean? Like it ain't home home. I feel you. I feel you. Are y'all so are y'all excited for the pay-per-view on Saturday? I am actually. Watch? I am actually. I, I plan on trying to catch as much of it as I can. It's at a much more palatable time. Like I ain't got to plan my night around it like, right. just like turn it on while i'm doing stuff. like one o'clock right yeah but well, one o'clock one o'clock eastern so noon. a noon start mm. so you could have a whole wrestling day you could start with that and then have AEW on in the evening no i got i feel good <laughs> eve was next up what's 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 headlining all out or is it all out what is it double or nothing oh uh, it's all out do you know what the headliner match is? Uh, I, I don't know. Because they I just did Punk and Moxley. Moxley so. and Moxley just squashed Punk. Yeah, he oh. wiped the floor. Give me five minutes. I'm not sure what the main event is, but looking at it, I see Jay Cargill and Athena uh, are going to be fighting for the AWTBS championship. You also are going to have. Um, Oh, Daniel Bryanson and Chris Jericho in a, in a singles match. Oh, All Out is on Sunday. Is it Sunday? Yeah. September 4th. Oh, I thought it was Saturday. My fault. Misinformation. <laughs> fake news, fake news, fake news. <laughs> Man, this card does not inspire. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's funny looking. I mean, this is one of their, their big pay-per-views, so I get this why. This is their WrestleMania. Long. I get why it's so long, but it's funny seeing a car with 10 matches on it. Uh, woo, after seeing that this WWE pay-per-view is going to have five. At the ten, moment, there's five. 10 matches? 10 matches. But well, it's their WrestleMania. So, exactly. Yeah, so it's I, actually, I, I think I figured it out because like they're doing this uh, trios tournament and they have the elite in it. So I'd imagine like that's going to be the headline of match, whoever they face. So the semifinals are gonna oh, take place on like Dynamite and Rampage this week. So it's the United Empire from in New Japan, which is Will Ospreay and somebody named Aussie Open. But then they face the elite, so Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, and then it's the Dark Order versus the Best Friends. 
So, Come on, best friends. Orange I would imagine, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So I'd imagine that that's going to be the headliner match. But even still, like then it's like Wardlow and FTR against Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. Hey, man, mm-hmm. you all, you're always going to need a match for the crowd to cool down for him. <laughs> but I mean, I'm saying, like, there isn't, like, another hey, up like, match. I mean, I guess Danielson Jericho. That's why I said Jay Cargill. Uh, Jay Cargill. Yeah, but Maybe they'll let the women squash. Right. You think so? I mean, Jay, Jay is female Goldberg. Like she don't, she didn't, she don't get paid by the hour. Yeah, I know. But Athena is uh, what's her name in WWE? Um, Ember Moon. The black chick Ember. who had the eyes. Ember Moon. Ember Moon. So we'll see. Nothing about that though. E, what's next up on the the topics? Uh, remember, I said I had a bad. Uh, a bad segue because it was about shooting and guns and stuff. Uh, Gilbert Arenas, I'm blow the whistle on you, my guy. Uh, let me let me uh, thank you. <laughs> I gotta pull up pull up the clip. He was talking spicy about uh, the freaky greasy, um, which I feel like it, it, we're getting to the point where you know, hating on Giannis gets you clicks. And views and shit. I purposely didn't listen to the clip for that reason. I saw the outrage and I was like, "That's totally your opinion, man. It's wrong." And I take note and I keep it keep it moving. But we're going. I'm gonna have to hear it now, I guess. It's a minute. There is there is a true gap. You know, I'm, I talk to people about that all the time. Yeah, there's elite, but then there's there's another level of elite in our league of what players look like. And, and what's so funny is the media tries to shorten it. They do. They try to shorten this gap like it's this, like, oh, he's the best player in the league. Not even close. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> just stop. It. <laughs> <laughs> just stop. Like, so, uh, so, this gap is so big, but you're trying to always replace the next person by putting it back. Like, his work, I can look at his game and say, he doesn't understand basketball yet. He plays the sport. He won a championship. Cool. He doesn't really understand how to be great, how to be better, how to train his body. Like, you know, I'm looking at the stats. Oh, playing 32 minutes, 34 minutes, 30. You, I'm sorry, but to be here, you have to train your body to at least 38 minutes and above. Mm. Like LeBron played 37 minutes at 37. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole thing. Like, just, that's a whole thing. Iverson was playing 43 minutes. I, I've i literally never heard minutes per game be the benchmark for greatness. all-time greatness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, like that was arbitrary. You got to pay at least 38 minutes a game. Like, no, you don't. When has that ever been a thing? Like, and LeBron played 37 minutes a game at 37. He also got hurt. Like, that's... T- and the Lakers he also had to play 37 minutes a game because they were losing. They were yeah. close games. It's not Giannis's fault that his team is better and they are blowing teams out so he gets a chance to rest. It's not as if when the playoffs started that Giannis still was playing 30 minutes a game. When it mattered, he put the minutes on his body and I think he averaged at least 38 minutes in the playoffs, at least in the finals, he did. So like that that's stupid. Oh, no. Like how are you going to get mad at him when he has to show up and play those minutes and he does it and he does it in an effective manner where he averaged man get out man and then he no nah, see this is why they want to that clip <laughs> this is exactly why they want to hear that clip 
How you gonna say he don't put no effort into his game when he's put on like 40 pounds of muscle, when he's transformed into one of the better mid-range shooters in the game? I hey, he, he got to chip multiple yeah. MVPs, all NBAs, but none I of mean, that matter. Because he don't know how to play. He know how to play the game. He don't understand. Yeah, he gone. He's to the side, like he won a title. Like that don't really mean shit. Hold on, run that back. Yeah, you a robot. <laughs> oh, my bad. I was saying, like, how you gonna just like set aside he won a title? Like that's just like a throwaway. <laughs> there you go again. <laughs> Shaking and baking. That oh, nigga wow. disappeared. <laughs> Wait, so is it that my microphone's going out what? or like y'all can't? You see? you you started the minute you start moving a little bit too much, you freeze. <laughs> As you talking, and then your mic was going, and your in mic going in and out, and then we just looking at you shaking the bacon on screen, <laughs> shaking the bacon, hair flying and flowing and shit. <laughs> like, all right, but no, I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying though. Like, you can't just put that as an aside. Oh yeah, by the way, he he got a chip and he was Finals MVP, you know. But still, he don't know what he's doing out there. Like, he can play though. What kind of sense? I'm sorry, Mister. Uh, like, did you get a Did you get a ring? Nope. When you pulling guns on teammates because you yourself couldn't shoot? Yep. Oh. Yeah. I used to love Gilbert Arenas. And like he, it's, he be it's Gilbert Arenas. It's Gilbert Arenas. So I didn't take it seriously. It's just like it doesn't like if you go and have a hot take, like at least like make it be logical. Like at least make it make sense. Like even if it's wrong, like at least make it be like something within the realm of like we can debate about this. Because like really, mm-hmm. every reaction to this clip is just people like this is dumb for this reason, this reason, this reason, this reason. Like you got the you got the attention that you wanted. So congratulations. But like it's just uh, it's trash. You got yeah. It, it, it's it was it was a crappy during the Bucks championship run in 2021 Giannis averaged 38 minutes a game in addition to that he averaged 30.2 points 12.8 rebounds 5.1 assists in 21 games and as no one will forget he dropped a 50 piece in a clinching game in the NBA finals in this past year in the playoffs uh, he averaged about 38 minutes again so like the, the minute thing is just ridiculously stupid and like, I ain't even gonna go there. Um, but yeah, it, it just it's it's frustrating because it's like people, like it's it's the Hooper versus basketball argument, which is dumb to begin with. But like, to a degree, like I understand where they're coming from somewhat because it's like you as a player, like you only look at like I'm skill building, like I. Like, people have so much respect for Kyrie because, like, they know how hard it is to, like, perfect whatever move he just did. Because, like, they look at it, like, on an individual basis. And it's like, oh, man, I can't do that. Like, dude must be great. Um, and it's like, yeah, if I was seven feet and I could jump and run and do all these other things, like, I could do all this same shit that Giannis does, too. Like, he ain't. You couldn't. James Harden said it originally, you know, I don't, he ain't got to learn how to play basketball. Like, he ain't got to do what I do because, like, I'm only 6'5 and I'm fat and I'm slow. But... <laughs> Mr. Run and Dunk. All right, like I, he just run and dunk and bully people over. It's like, first of all, 
and Giannis gets gassed because he actually plays defense. Like LeBron right. played half the court last year, thirty-seven minutes, but he walking on defense and just like points oh and telling God. people, "Hey, you." I pick you him up. Why you ain't pick him up? <laughs> like Giannis sprint back and forth like for thirty-two minutes a game, and that's why he's gassed by the end of it. Like it's not because he ain't changed bodies, because like nobody can keep that up for forty minutes a game or whatever. That's a lot of time. So it's either, you know, yeah. stop trying on defense, which, I mean, it's Gilbert Reigns. He never tried, <laughs> tried on that end anyway. Um, or, you know, like, actually go all out and put your heart into it. And yeah, that's... Um, I wish I didn't hear that. But um, I did, and the disrespect is stupid. I also wonder sometimes if Giannis was an American-born NBA player, if he would be received differently. Um, but... And Ty, we'll Ty Taylor that actually brought that up on his podcast, so which I, I don't think is necessarily that American-born players are just like, yeah, America. Like that was his point. He's like, I don't think the NBA players are nationalistic, so I think that's a dumb point. It's like, I don't think that that's why NBA American-born players look at Giannis a different way. It's just he's not in the in crowd. You know what I mean? Like he's not. He didn't grow up with y'all. Like these are people that have known each other since grade school because like elite basketball players have been playing AAU or wherever like for forever like Luca not in that crowd and B for all his Americanization like he's not in that crowd you know what I mean like it's just this is our group these are the dudes that I know these are my friends that I grew up with he don't train with them he don't do any of that other stuff he's not trying to team up you know what I mean like it's I think if he was American born like maybe he would be like more central to that but like even Steph Curry being under Armour, like that takes him out of the group, hating on a little bit more than, you know, the Jason Tatum's of the world. To a certain extent, yeah, but to your point, like he's familiar, like they know, they've known Steph for, they like, like they, he came up with, like he played in college, they are aware of him, but I won't belabor the point. We have a couple more things on our docket. Uh, if y'all don't mind, I'm gonna just run through them because you know, it's a couple things here, but I was really hoping Kim would be here. I wrote a note to myself here. It just says Camille Jackknife because I wanted to talk to you. Maybe I'll wait till next week. I'm going to hold Save off it. on that one. So just keep in mind Jackknife. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that. Uh, so I'm going to just run through the last couple things. Uh, in a recent statement from Pat Riley, he confirmed that the Heat will retire Udonis Haslam's number when Haslam finally does decide to, to hang him up. That probably comes as a shock to nobody. Yeah. No, not at all. That's I mean, the bigger the shock would be him house. hanging it up. <laughs> he gonna leave when he wanna leave. Right. That man's that... fifty years old, still on the bench. <laughs> Getting an active like, player. Right? Never going away. Right. Right. And also in retirement news, uh, at the conclusion of their old timers day. The Mets retired Willie Mays' number 24 number. Mays played with the team from 72 to 73, and he was unable to attend said ceremony because he was getting a hip replacement. Mays played in 135 games with the Mets to finish his career, and apparently having his number retired was a promise made back in 72 by their former owner. So the team was like, it was a promise that was made, we will fulfill that promise and retire his number. 50 years later? I was just about to say, like... <laughs> that's, they made this promise back in the, that's some wild shit. 
just to throw out loud, and then just everybody was like, "Oh, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, that's great." Wait till that man was ninety-one years old to finally come through on a promise that you made fifty years ago. Yep. Yep. White people like white people. Uh, <laughs> a jury found that the city of Los Angeles must pay Kobe Bryant's widow Vanessa sixteen million dollars over photos shared of his helicopter crash site back in twenty twenty. So, um, the bag doesn't change the fact that you know her husband and her daughter and friends of theirs uh, honor was selling a bit from from officers thinking it's funny to share photos of a of a crash scene but uh, the court did you know award them some some bag to try to alleviate that so i'm happy that vanessa and the family were able to uh, win that lawsuit because you shouldn't be doing that as an officer of the law like that's not your place to be sharing uh photos like that plus what's i think it's bullshit the, that the so city is on the hook for that like i think those officers should be bankrupted like you know what i mean like and that's with any time that an officer is sued like officer causes a city or a county or whoever like they work for to get sued like that should come out their pension it should come out of their benefit like they should be the ones repaying that it shouldn't be the taxpayers of los, los angeles county or whatever that are responsible for that because they didn't do it Word. and fired ass you know what i mean like that's fair they just don't keep doing the shit because they don't have any personal stake in it that's very fair um, some WNBA season awards. Becky Hammond won Coach of the Year in her first season with the Aces. Hey, Becky. Brian Howard of the Atlanta Dream won Rookie of the Year. Cold, cold. Aces guard Jackie Young was named Most Improved Player. And I did see that Las, A or Las Vegas Aces uh, star Asia Wilson also won Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, probably gonna get Aces cleaned up. Bases cleaned right on up. And speaking of cleaning up, shout out to Bucks Gaming. They won hey. the uh, NBA 2K League. Mm -hmm. I, man, I think Actually, 2020. Been, sorry. No, I was saying, I think Dimes has been on the Bucks now for a season or two now. No, he just got traded this year. This year? Okay. Uh, he was one of the OGs and everybody was talking about, you know. He was the very first draft pick of the whole league five years ago. His first championship. Get a come to Milwaukee to get it. I was gonna say your 2021 NBA champion slash your 2022 2K champion <laughs> on Twitter. Holla at me. <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> but shout out to them. No, big shout out to them. Um, I watched part of the game. I won't get too much into the 2K weeds because if you don't play 2K, you won't get what I'm saying. But the style of 2k that's meta or meta you see it in the league it's like left right left right left right with the guards it's like someone's hit the screen and the guards go left right left right try to get you jammed up then they shoot a three real quick or if somebody cheats they're gonna pass the ball real quick and it's like that's like the only style <laughs> of play and it's wild that that's the only way that they play and everyone emulates that and let me tell you when you go on the wreck everybody can't do that and it makes like for us when we like me and Tim be playing against these people, we like if they're not good at it, it's an easy win. It's easy, <laughs> but it can it can get boring because like we've seen the same thing over and over and over and over. Mm hmm. And it's it's just it's redundant trash. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
because I'll say this, I I posted like my little 2K highlights and I was cooking some people. I've been cooked as well on that game. Listen, when somebody is good at 2K, you can tell. <laughs> like you can have even have five people with the exact same build and the trash person will get shut down. But the person with the skill behind the stick, like it's hard to stop. You'd be like, what am I supposed to do? Like you be talking to your teammates, like, help, do something. I don't mm-hmm. know what I can do. <laughs> what else can I do here? He's making it. I don't know what to do. And all I can do afterwards is send them a hey, good game. Good game. You good game. <laughs> Just to put a point on it, today, August 30th, is uh Bucks Gaming Day in the city of Milwaukee. So they said they had a little parade of celebration mm-hmm. today early. I seen the little news, part of the news earlier. At the uh, was, county exec and the mayor there. Yeah. What's funny, you know how in the NBA when you win a championship, you get like champagne and you pour mm-hmm. champagne. Do you know what the NBA League players celebrated with? Sparkling water. Monster. <laughs> Bud Light. They were <laughs> they were spraying cans of Bud Light. Hey, they trophy kind of cold though. Like, the trophy oh. is cold. The trophy is cold. Oh, and we and on this note here, Serena Williams played her first game of the U.S. Open last night. I don't know if y'all tuned in, but I would highly suggest. That you tune into every Serena match because it could be the last one. You never know how it's going to shake. And during last night's game, because it was the very first one of the tournament, they had a big uh, celebration of her. Like after the game, they said, win or lose, we're going to do a celebration. And it was really cool to see. It was cool to see her daughter, Olympia, wearing the same outfit as hers. Serena had the diamonds in her hair after starting 20 years ago with the beads. And her daughter had the beads in her hair. And the crowd was so behind Serena. If I was the other chick, I'd have been like, "Ain't no way I can win." Like <laughs> anything you do, like they, boo, uh, Dude, whoever. Um, oh, let's go. Um, whoever does knock her out is gonna be. That's gonna be the biggest heel turn of twenty twenty two. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. So it's cool to see everybody. It was fun seeing uh, the timeline all tennis out. Serena plays again on Wednesday. So in case you were wondering, Wednesday will be the next time you can uh, see her play. Hopefully, I think if she can get past her next matchup on Wednesday, the road to a championship looks very doable. So I will say that. And we're going to end on a fun fact from Mark here. Packers safety, Micah Abernathy, who played in the, was it the USFL? And then was a camp body. And then he made the 53 roster for the Green Bay Packers. He happens to be the grandson of Ralph David Abernathy Sr., who is a civil rights leader and a friend of Martin Luther King. The more you know. Thanks, Mark. And that will wrap up our show this week. Again, thank you all for tuning in. I would encourage you to tune in on Thursday when we do our NFL preview show. uh, Exclusive to the Good News Radio Network the good news website and our youtube page so make sure that y'all check that out and uh buy your merch and uh look for some nfl gaming news from us tomorrow as well all that being said if you want to follow me on social media you can catch me wait a minute on twitter instagram psn and apple music at camille monet c-a-m-i-l-l-e-m-o-n-a-e because ah. Uh, habit don't worry why just understand that's my app so you can get me there 
Run around, it's no longer fancy. Um, uh, shit, I already did it. But uh, at your 2021 NBA World Champion and your 2022 2K League Champion Milwaukee Bucks burner on Twitter. That's all you get. Here. K. Harris is not here, but mm-hmm. go leave him some tomatoes <laughs> on uh, on Instagram at everyday underscore gentleman and on Twitter at kharris216. Just Bingo. a bunch of tomatoes. Don't even tell them why. No. Tomato, 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 tomato. Even leave some gifs of them. Just tomato. Boo. Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Ask Ketchum, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. Y'all be safe, you hear? Enjoy y'all weekend. Oh, yeah. Definitely enjoy that holiday weekend. Be safe, y'all. Save me a plate. I don't trust everybody's plates no more, but have fun with y'all plates. You know, enjoy them. If I know you, then I want a plate. Otherwise, have fun. Just keep that to yourself. (laughs) Bye, y'all.